0: Today on episode number 603 of the School of Podcasting, last week we talked about media hosts. This week we're talking about website hosts. Do you need a website in the first place? How do you start one? And what if you hate the one you're on? How do you move? And also, you know, it's the new year. We had that whole resolution to add the whole iTunes episodes. How do I go about and do that again? I actually want to do it now, Dave. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting. With Dave Jackson, podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you massage your message for maximum impact. I help you tackle that technology. I help you face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and I just get you podcasting because look, you can go watch a bunch of old, outdated YouTube videos and do that. Have fun with that. No, I help you get going in the right direction the website I want you to go to right now, school of slash start. Use the coupon code listener. That coupon code is not available online. It's my way of saying thanks for listening to the show. The coupon code is listener L A S T E N E R. And that'll save you when you sign up for a month or a year, if you want at the school of podcasting.com thinking of starting a podcast, since we're on that topic, let me talk about my sponsor and that is Podcast Movement. This is the largest podcast event that is solely geared towards podcasting. And if being a podcaster is a great way to grow your network and if that's and that is absolutely true. Well, think about this. Going to a podcasting event is like dumping gasoline on that cuz you are face to face with the people you want to meet. It's really cool. Let me give you an example. I was there a couple of years ago. I've been there every year by the way. And I'm standing at one of the events that they do because you have all these. Well, uh, they have a hundred sessions on topics there, ranging from the technical aspects of setting up your equipment, the audio production, as well as marketing and monetizing your your you know your show and your future. Really, when you think about that. And so those go on during the days. At night, they have all these cool networking parties. And I'm standing there, and Mark Maron walks in. He's got his shorts on, some flip flops, and I'm like. Uh, Hey, Mark, what's up? And he's like, hey, man, what's up? And I like shook his hand and I'm like, hey, you remember when you were in Cleveland and the morning show had this weird leaf blower thing that backfired and threw puke on the ceiling? He's like, yeah, I'm like, we're not all morons in Cleveland. Really cool. I mean, where else are you going to go and just hang out with great podcasters? It was awesome. Some other things about this, if you're a brand new podcaster or if you're a veteran, It's a great place to show up. There's going to be over 2,000 podcasters from around the world. It's in Philadelphia. You want to check out the Liberty Bell? You want to go see Rocky's statue and go, hey, you're in, and run up the steps? Philadelphia is an awesome place, July 23rd through the 26th. Three days of workshops, panels, parties, and more. The Expo Hall is going to have over 60 vendors, including Lipson. So I'll be at the booth. Come look me up. And if you're in the mood for you know, a microphone or any kind of service, there's going to be people there to help you out. Again, it's July 23rd through the 26th, Philadelphia, PA. Their website is podcastmovement.com. Use the coupon code SOP when you sign up. And thank you, Podcast Movement, for being a sponsor. And uh, I'll take websites again for 300, Alex, please. Thank you. We're talking about your podcast website. Now, last week we talked about media hosts and what happens if you ever want to move and what you should look for one this week, we're talking about websites and you might even ask yourself, and I've seen people do this. Like, can I just get SoundCloud and use Facebook? And the answer is, can you? Sure. Nobody's going to stop you. And I always say the question, can you paint with peanut butter? You can, it's not really recommended, but you know, have fun with that. Or, Would you buy a a car, let's say? Would you buy a car from a guy that's selling it out of a tent? Would you feel really comfortable with somebody who didn't have enough money to have an actual dealership? It just, it depends really on what you're doing. Like if it's just you, and I want to talk to my best friend, we're going to record them and put them out as a podcast, by all means. You, You SoundCloud and Facebook your face off. But what happens often is later you go, well, now we want to treat it more seriously. And you've got all this back catalog to just mess with. So it's not something I recommend. And the other thing is to go back to that original question, do I need a website? If you ever plan on telling people where to find something, you kind of need a website. Think about that. Somebody goes, oh, you have a podcast? Yeah, where can I get it? Oh, just find me in iTunes. We'll talk about how that's one of the worst things you can say to somebody. But the other thing, well, let's talk about that now. If you are a real estate podcaster, that's one of the worst things you can say right now. Oh, just find me an Apple Podcast. Because you have a very good chance of not being found. Not because the search tool is bad, although it has room for improvement. They've improved it for a while. You got like eight to ten results. I think that has since changed. But because there are so many real estate shows, because there are so many fantasy football shows, because there are so many golf shows, there are a ton of shows that are called Thinking Outside the Box. I think the last time I checked, there were seven. Not to mention all the preneur shows. Uh, when you say, find me an Apple podcast, it's not a great thing to say because there's a really good chance that you're not going to be found. So in fact, saying, find me in whatever app is really not a good way to do that. But if you say, hey, go out to my website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe, and you actually have a tutorial there to walk people through the process, that is worth the $5, the $12 a month you're paying in web hosting. Do you need a website? Need, meaning can I live without it? You can live without it. Do I, you know, you need water. You need food. Do you need shelter? Well, you can live without it. It's just not very fun, especially in Ohio in the winter. So something to keep in mind, if you're a school, or again, if it's just you and your buddy and you kind of want to just, you want to try on podcasting. I don't want to have to spend so much money to start one. And, And this makes sense to a certain extent. When I started playing the guitar, when I was a little kid, I had this beat up old crappy guitar. And then later I saved my money with my paper route. I spent $300 on a Gibson SG only to turn on the very first day of MTV because I'm old to watch Pete Townsend of The Who smash it. And I was like, what? But I didn't start off with a a $300 guitar. So I can understand you wanting to kind of inch your way into it. Well, if all you need is a place for people to listen and subscribe to your show, then libsyn.com, blueberry.com, and podbean.com are all media hosts that have some sort of keyword here basic website that comes with your plan. Well, how basic is basic? Again, if you just need people to subscribe and listen, done. You don't need a fancy schmancy website. Now, if later you go, well, I want to have a funnel where I add products or newsletters, or I'm going to have some sort of JavaScript that puts this cool little flashy thing. No, no JavaScript in most cases. And there are some ways you can get around that, though. For example, let's say I want to have MailChimp. Now, MailChimp is a newsletter service. It's free. It starts off free. And again, you're trying to do this on the, the inexpensive route. You want to stick your toe in the water. There's a way in MailChimp that instead of grabbing the code to put on your website, you can grab a link because with all these websites, you can do HTML. So you can do links and images and things of that nature. So you could put an image that says newsletter and then link it to MailChimp. And on MailChimp's website, they have your form. So often there are ways to get around this. It's when you start into like, well, I want to have product sales and I want to have this page and that page and a page about the history and a page. no that's now you're getting outside the bounds of, I need people to listen and subscribe. And when you get to that point, it, you just basically copy and paste a whole bunch of stuff and uh, you can move to another website. We talked about that last week, how to, uh, to move your show. Or today we're gonna talk about how do you move your website. So keep in mind that in some cases, you, you can actually get away without buying an actual web host and use your media host for both. Now, some people think, well, why don't I do the opposite? Why don't I use my web host, my GoDaddy, my Bluehost? And for the record today, I did, I'm did. i changing my mind on something, and you're going to hear about who my new favorite web host is. But you don't want to use a web host as a media host. You can use your media host as a web host, again, asterisks, as long as it's basic, but you don't want to use your web host as a media host. And you go, well, why is that? Because it says right there on the front page that they have unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage. And I've talked to Bluehost and I've talked to Hostgator about this. And it's not a bandwidth, it's not a storage issue issue. It's the fact that when if you think about it, when they say unlimited bandwidth, when you when you access a website, like an actual page, it's maybe, maybe, and I'm I'm pulling this number out of my head i'm going to say 50 kilobytes maybe 500 kilobytes if that it's small it's tiny let's go that route when you pull a single mp3 file it might be 46 megs 50 megs so one is kilobytes one is megabytes and uh that's a difference so what happens is now when you have hundreds maybe thousands of people pulling your mp3 file it's not storage, it's not bandwidth, it's you're tying up what are called resources on that server. And basically that server is going <laughs> and it can't do it. So that's why you don't want to use your web host as a media host. I know a few people that can say, Dave, hey, I, I'm not having a problem, but I can also point you to about five people that go, I've been asked to move. So now let's talk about, okay, Dave, I need a little more than a basic website. What do I, what should I have? on your podcast website. Here are the four things I recommend, minimum. Number one, a play button. Number two, an about page. Number three, a contact page. Number four, a subscribe page. So why do I need a play button? Think about it like this. When you go to the mall, don't you love it when you see the person standing there with a tray of some sort of free something? Because usually it's pretty good. There's some sort of chicken place at the mall and there's always a guy out there with a bunch of toothpicks and you you go and you eat one and then you go to the restroom then you come out of the restroom and you happen to you just happen to walk by the guy again to get a second one and then what are they doing they're giving you something for free hoping that you will then go buy one well a play button on your website is kind of like saying here have a free sample it's super easy you don't even have to pull out your wallet just do that that is what having a play button on your website. And I've seen people do this. They'll only have links to iTunes. I've seen that or Apple podcasts. So now you've added, click on that. Oops, you don't have iTunes or Apple podcasts. Now you got to download the software. Now you got to go back and click. That's not going to work. Or they'll click here to listen on something. Okay, why not just have it right there? Because you're asking somebody to buy your podcast shall we say, without actually sampling it. That's just not going to work. So keep that in mind when uh, you're doing a play button. And here's another thing to think about. And this is like, what, are you crazy? Not, I know, I know it's 2018. Not everyone has a smartphone. I know it's crazy, what? Yeah, there's still people flipping the phone. And those people might want to listen to your show. And so by having a play button on your website, they can listen to it right there. So you need a play button. The other thing you need is an about page. I used a tool called Crazy Egg. I think you can actually use it for free. And it shows you a little more than Google Analytics in terms of easy of use. It shows me this thing called a heat map. And it shows where people were scrolling down and it showed what people were clicking on. And my the word about on my website was just peppered where people had clicked on it. And so for me, the about page was one of the most important ones. So if somebody comes to your website and they're like, what's this? They're gonna click on that about page. And this should explain a little bit about your show. And for me, it should explain how your show is going to benefit them. Why? Because who doesn't wanna benefit? Think about this, your target listener is right in front of you, and they're they're looking at your listing. What are you going to say to convince that person to go back and click the play button, or even better, click on a subscribe button? I recently looked at the description I have in Apple Podcast for the School of Podcasting, and it needs work. And that's the beauty of all this stuff. I, I if you're a regular listener of the show, you're going to probably vomit when I say this because I say it about every episode. Your podcast is not a statue. It's a recipe. So you can change all this stuff. Because I looked at it and went, "Mm okay, I see what I was going for, but that's not really going to work. Like, for example, in the first sentence of my description, I mentioned that I've been podcasting since 2005. And I say that, I often introduce myself that way because it speaks to my experience. Not many people can say that, but I'm not sure that's the first thing I should lead with. I'm actually thinking of redoing my intro in some ways because in general most people don't care how the sausage is made they just want to know how good is it going to taste in my mouth and so explain to people what they're going to get in the podcast how they're going to benefit how they're going to feel whatever the benefits are of listening to your show and again keep in mind you can always change this later the tough part is this is where things get tough and this is where every podcast question typically ends in the phrase um it depends Some consultants have a website for their consulting and then they add a podcast. Some people have a podcast and their websites about their podcast in hopes that they will then do consulting. So do I have a paragraph about the show? Do I have a podcast about the host? Do I have a podcast about my services? And the answer is yes. The hard question is, which one is first? And that one, I can't answer for you. If your website's more about your services, well, then maybe you should have that paragraph first and then say, also, you might want to listen to our podcast, blah, 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 blah. But I think you should have all those in one place, not in about the host page and about the podcast page and about our service. Just have it all in one place. Keep it easy for people to find. So you have a play button, you have an about page, you have a contact page. Yes, you don't make people contact you via Twitter. You give that information right there on your website. I, and this is how I do it, doesn't mean this is how you have to do it, but I think it's a good strategy. I put every way you can contact me on one page and that page is called contact. It's not called buy me coffee. It's not called, you know, do a hang with Dave or some other fun little way to say, Hang no, no. People are looking for a button that says contact. So there, if you go over there, I have email, I have voicemail from podcastvoicemail.com, I got my social media. And that way if somebody wants to contact me, they don't have to say, Oh, I don't I didn't see. No, it's right there. You only need to look one place. And if you're using some sort of form, so let's say you're using a plug Gravity Forms or Contact Seven or whatever it is, that's fine. But just make sure that works. Go to that form, pretend you're a listener, put in the information and make sure that you get that information. Because I hear so many people that A, say, I'm not getting any feedback. And then I go out to their website, I put it in there and go, did you get my email? And they're like, no. Like, yeah, your form's not working. Oh, I see where it's sending it to default at default.com. Yeah, you need to update that to point to your email. So double check all your contact, make sure... That if somebody's leaving you voicemail, that the voice, the the email that is associated with your voicemail account is getting that message to you because you might have a bunch of voicemails, but they're notifying the wrong voicemail. So go through all the ways that a listener can contact you and make sure those work. So again, you've got a play button, an about page, a contact page, and a subscribe page. And I've kind of already talked about this, but. As more and more podcasts are added to these different directories, telling your audience to find me an overcast is probably not a good way to handle this. And as more new podcast listeners get involved, we need to kind of quit telling them to subscribe because they might not have a clue what that means. Cause they're thinking, well, I have a subscription to readers digest. How do I, where's the subscription form? No. Instead, make a page that shows people how to subscribe to your show with links directly to your show so they don't have to go to Apple and do a search. You just click this button and boom, then click on this button and click subscribe. The other thing that's really cool, did you know this? Let me uh, find, where's where's my phone? Have you heard this yet? Uh, let me think of a podcast. Uh, hey Siri, sub, subscribe me to the Red Podcast. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast, Red Eye Radio? Ah, and we see where it's not that simple. No. Hey Siri, subscribe me to the School of Podcasting. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast, School of Podcasting? Learn to plan, start, and grow your podcast by Dave Jackson, podcast consultant and coach? Yes. She's thinking about it. You are already subscribed to School of Podcasting. Uh, okay. Plan, start, okay. Podcast. So, so that's cool. You can just tell people like you could do a Facebook video to do that. However, what about those Android people? You got to keep that in mind. And so you, you also want to be on tune in. You want to be on Stitcher. You want to be on Google play music and you want to be on Apple iTunes. And you want to lead people by the hand back in the day. When I was a teenager, I worked in a grocery store and we were getting killed by these big giant chains that were moving in and we had to stand out. And one of the things that we did to stand out was we offered just like kick butt customer service. So if somebody came by and said, Sonny, where is the, you know, whatever, I would stop whatever I was doing and lead them to whatever the heck they were looking for and point them at it. If they were short, I would say, would you like me to get that for you? Is there anything else I can help you find? So I always think about this now. We need to stop what we're doing and lead our audience right to our podcast and go here and put it in the cart form and go, is there anything else we can help you find? So those are the things I think you need minimum, a play button, an about page, a contact page that actually works, and a subscribe page. Those are what you need on your website. All right, Dave, you talked me into it. I'm going to build a website. Who should I use? Well, in the past, I've used HostGator. I was even a HostGator reseller. And for whatever reason, Their support just went down the tubes. I heard so many people talk about Bluehost that I went over and tried them. And for the record, I've never had really great luck with them. I had a friend of mine tell me about GoDaddy. And I remember in the early days of GoDaddy, they weren't great. They kind of were weird. And I got to tell you, I had great luck with GoDaddy to the point where I became a GoDaddy reseller. If you go to coolerwebsites.com and order over there, I get a very small percentage, but basically it's GoDaddy that's doing all the service for me. And I've seen this new breed of websites that came on board. And in the in the past, you had what was just called web hosting. And behind the scenes, it was like Unix. Well, now they have these specially geared web hosting packages for people that are running WordPress. And if you're new to this, WordPress is a very popular free software that you can use to create your website. And if you've ever used things like Microsoft Word, it looks a lot like Microsoft Word. Now it's not that easy, but it's not as hard as you probably think. And so I tried a few websites using this WordPress kind of formatted hosting. And I did see an increase in speed. And then I put, uh, but I didn't think it was that huge. I'm like, okay, it's, it's a little faster. And then I put WordPress on a website that was just, shall we just call it the traditional web hosting? And I went, oh yeah, this is noticeable. It's, wow, it's noticeable. And the the fees are typically a little higher, usually a few dollars more a month, not a ton, but the speed is definitely higher. And as Google ranks things now, partly based on how fast the page loads, that's something you might want to think about. So that's the good news. It's faster and it's not that much more expensive. The bad news is, uh, most of these WordPress hosting packages came with no email address. So, for instance, I decided to use WP Engine. This is one of the first ones that came out. And again, it was faster, it was solid, but I didn't get at schoolofpodcasting.com. I had to go, through, I ended up going through Google at the price of $5 per month per email. So I had Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com and I had support at schoolofpodcasting.com It was charging me $10 a month. And uh, WP Engine is a fine company. Their support was great. But to make a long story short, if you get any kind of major traffic to your website, I ended up paying through the nose. And at one point I was paying between 50 to $70 a month for just the web hosting and then another, another 10 bucks For the email addresses. And while I like GoDaddy's WordPress hosting, it's around $10 a month, and that's for 400,000 visitors. So for most people, that's going to be fine. And again, I've been using them as a reseller, and I would recommend that's why I've been recommending people hey, just go to coolerwebsites.com and sign up and get the WordPress hosting. Well, then a friend, and this is one of the cool things about being a podcaster your audience kind of goes, hey, that's cool. Did you know there's something better? And that is a website called SiteGround. Now, for the record, I have an affiliate program for them. So if you plan on checking them out, can you do me a favor? It doesn't cost you an extra dime. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash SiteGround. That's S-I-T-E, ground. And they have WordPress design packages. Okay. And, but wait, there's more. They offer email addresses as well. And I was like, all right. So I moved a couple sites over there, put my toe in the water. And again, I noticed a speed increase with my pages. And I talked to them and I said, look, I'm thinking about moving the School of Podcasting when another large bill came in from my buddies over at WP Engine. I said, can you guys handle this? And they said, uh, yeah. And the cool thing is they moved it for free. So when you sign up at SiteGround at com slash SiteGround, They will move one website for you for free. And I got email addresses with, in fact, I have unlimited email addresses and their support is awesome. In fact, I'm kind of worried about telling you because I don't want them to turn into HostGator where they get so many customers that they can't keep up. I'm assuming they're going to keep up, but they're awesome. And uh, oh yeah, what's the price, Dave? Their largest package, which is what I'm using for the school of podcasting, just to be safe, is twelve dollars a month, so i I canceled my email accounts on Google. There's ten dollars in my pocket, and I'm not getting a fifty dollar hosting bill instead I'm getting a twelve dollar hosting bill. so to say I'm very happy, oh and and I swear the website's faster, even though w p engine is not slow, I swear there's faster, and that's just from an eyeball of like I went to my website and went bam, and I went, wow that's that was whoa that was fast so You're like, okay, Dave, uh, I'm on an old shared hosting. That's usually what it used to be called, shared web hosting. I'm paying $3 a month and I'm willing to pay 10 if it's that much faster. And the other thing is it's kind of geared towards WordPress. And I think they, they keep things, it's not gonna keep you completely safe. We'll talk about that in just a second, but I think it keeps you safer. So how did you move your site? Well, number one, like I said, SiteGround, they moved the School of Podcasting for free. So if you just have one site, you don't have to worry about that. Well, I have multiple sites that I decided to move over there. And what I did for me was I moved a bunch of websites that are kind of half dead just to test the water. And normally they charge you $30 after your first free one to move a website over. So here's what I did. And I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite WordPress slash website tools. And that is Manage WP. Here again, they have an affiliate link, even though it's free. But if you don't mind, schoolofpodcasting.com slash wp. Let me tell you what this does. You basically install a free plugin on your website. And for me, when I have multiple websites, so website one, website two, website three, website four. And when I log in, we all know the good things about WordPress is it's constantly updating and having new features. We know the bad side of WordPress is, hey, it's constantly updating and adding new features. So you've got to go and upgrade and all this stuff. If you want to keep your website safe, if you don't upgrade your website, you're leaving the door open. You're putting a big giant sign on your back that says, please hack me. So I installed the free plugin on my website and uh, I can go in, I can trash all my spam messages in one place. I just, if you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 603, I'll have a video. And you can see where I upgraded a bunch of plugins, a bunch of themes with like three clicks. It's really, really cool. So how did I use this to move my website? Well, and this is, before we get into this, I realize all the IT people are gonna go vomit when I say this right now. My goal here is how to explain how to move a website without learning any kind of uh, admin with databases, no FTP. How do I move it without learning any code? Okay. Cause I realize there are lots of better ways of doing this than what I'm going to describe. This one uses no code and no back end, nothing. Okay. So that's why I chose this method. So just save your hate mail. I realize there are better ways to do this, but this is how I did it. So I installed this WordPress plugin. And what's great about WP or Manage WP. Is you can choose what to pay and what to not pay for. Like I can have it back up my website for free once a month. Well, I needed a backup right now. And it was, are you ready for this? $2. Yeah. I said, can you back up my website? Right. $2 for the backup. And I, if I leave that on, it's $2 every month. And so it backed up my website that I wanted to move. So I had this cool like file that has everything on my website is now on managed WP. I then went over, and this is the squirrely part, I went to SiteGround and installed WordPress on the same account that I had my other file on, my other website. So right now I now have two websites, install WordPress, and uh, but my domain is still pointing at my old host. And so this is what, th- it's a little different in the hosting world. I always use the analogy of your house. With your house, you always thought your house had an address. It didn't. The land that your house sits on has an address. So for me, it was 535 Stevens Road. And I always thought that pertained to the house. Nope. If you rip down the house, that plot of land is still 535 Stevens Road. So in the internet world, you can have one address and point it at a different plot of land. And in this case, the plots of land are your web hosts. So let's say you're hosted on Hostgator and you want to move to Siteground. So you go over. Then right now, your domain, yourdomain.com is pointing at HostGator. You go into your domain manager, so that's whoever, GoDaddy. And you say, hey, quit looking over there. Would you please look over there at the new host? And when they do, they're gonna see the WordPress that you just installed, but there's nothing there. And this is where the the IT people are gonna go, no, you just do that. Okay, I realize, but it's a blank WordPress site. And so I just sat there because this usually takes anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes to a couple hours. And I was just like, it's kind of, again, most of these websites are fairly meh. You know, they're they're half-baked. And I just hit hitting F5 every now and then. And sure enough, I saw the blank website come up. I went right into uh, WP, and I said, restore this website. And I put in the new login name and password to my new website. It took all of maybe 45 seconds and it pushed all those files over to the new host and voila, there was my website. So it was super easy. The only downside was for who knows, maybe five minutes my website was down, but I put a, I put a post right on the front page that said, hey, we're gonna go into some maintenance. So if you see the website go away, it'll be back in a minute. So it was very easy, no coding involved. I clicked one button that said "backup." Uh, changed my domain name, clicked another button that said restore, done. So that is how I moved a site. And I've done this a couple of times and it's really not that big a deal. Now, how many then, Dave, you said you have more than one website on one plan? Yes, I do. So I asked SiteGround about this. I said, hey, uh, how many websites can I have on one plan? I like this idea. And they said it all depends again on how much resources you use. So right now I have the podcast review show dot com, betterdave dot com, davesblank dot com, feedingmyfaith dot com, podcasting dot com, power dot com, all on one plan. Now, most of those, uh, feeding my faith, Dave's blank site, uh, betterdave dot com, power dot com, don't get a huge amount of traffic. Kind of my second string podcast. Podcast Review Show gets a fair amount. And um I if you go out to school of podcasting.com slash six oh three, you can see where I'm maybe using 25% of my resources. Now keep in mind I'm using websites that don't get that much traffic. So don't go dumping 10 websites on one plan. Keep that in mind. And just you do this by going into the C panel. So just realize that if you're like, ooh, I can't pay ten dollars a month for all of my websites, you might be able to put some of your websites under one account. So that's the good news. It does take a leap of faith because I've done this before with HostGator. When you have all of your websites under one plan and there's a problem with that host, all of your websites go down. So keep that in mind. But that's how I moved my host. And this kind of goes back to you can pay people in money or time. Because you might say, well, Dave, all you have to do is go into the cPanel, make a backup of the database, go into the cPanel of the new place and do that. Or I could just pay them $30 to move it for me. That's fine. But for me, I didn't mind having my website down for just a little bit. And I didn't mind. I saved myself $30. Now, depending on your budget, $30 may be a no-brainer. For me, I was like, "Nah, I'm a little frugal. I'm gonna pay $2 for the backup and I will restore it myself. So that's my big thing now is I'm a big fan of SiteGround and you're like going, but Dave, aren't aren't you a, a GoDaddy reseller? Like, shouldn't you be telling people to go to coolerwebsites.com? And I'm like, not with a clear conscience I can. I will keep using cooler websites because I get a discount on hosting there. But as you've seen, I've started to move a fair amount of people over to SiteGround. And I think over the years, I will slowly move all of my stuff over to SiteGround. I have multiple plans. And because the big difference here is you get email addresses. And to me, I like that I can send email from Dave at com instead of schoolofpodcasting at com. To me, it just looks a little more professional. Last up, this question came in from a school of podcasting member, and you may have noticed that the calendar has changed, and it's 2018. And you're like, "Hey, those Apple episode thingies, how do you how do you do that?" Because I know I should probably update my Apple episode numbers. Can you tell me a little bit more about those? We talked about this a little bit last year, but Apple rolled out these new ways of categorizing your shows. One is, is it serial or episodic? Serial means it's a story. I have a podcast idea. I kept a diary when I was in a band called Six Shooter, and I want to take that diary and put it out as a podcast sometime this year in my free time, of course. And uh, if I do, that will be out as a serial podcast where I want you to listen to episode one, then two, then three, then four. If it's just one that, hey, you can listen to it in whatever fashion you want, that's episodic. And then what you want to do is, no matter how you're doing it, serial or episodic, you want to put in what episode number it is. And that's the fun part. Because some of us who've been podcasting for a while have 600 episodes to put their stuff in. And so how important is this? Well, we just heard where you can now ask your phone to subscribe to your podcast, there are rumors that in the future, you'll be able to ask your phone, you know, that woman in the Apple phone, hey, why don't you play episode number such and such of the such and such podcast? Well, that will only work if your episode numbers are in there. Now, again, let me clarify, that is a rumor, but I could see that happening because after all, why would you have us put that in there? Besides the fact that it's pretty, You might as well use that. I know if you right now, uh, and we'll talk about this in a second, Amazon skills are kind of like Apple apps. And right now I'm a beta tester for Libsyn to have the ability for you to say to the woman in the tube, I, I now call her Lexi so I don't set off your device. You can ask Lexi to install the School of Podcasting. Not yet. Or the Alexa cast, not yet, but that's something. And I believe, again, this is all beta. You'll be able to play episodes based on the episode number if it's in there. Okay, Dave. Well, how do I do this? If you're on Libsyn, you want to contact my buddy, Rob Walsh, the vice president of podcast relations. You can email him, Rob, at Libsyn.com and say, hey, I want to update my podcast numbers. Give me the secret link and he will teach you the secret handshake and give you the link. And why it's not available to the public yet, you'll have to ask Rob, to be honest with you. I think it has something to do with having a bunch of people use it at one time. It's a new tool that we just designed. I will tell you that I put in all the episode numbers for the Alexa cast. Now, I only had like 36, something like that. In the matter of minutes, it was cool. School of podcasting, not so much. School of Podcasting has over 600 episodes and a whole bunch of stuff that I used to do back in the Z uh, for students only. In other words, podcasts that weren't available to the public, <laughs> except now some of them were because I clicked the wrong button. So I also went into my feed and said, hey, you know what? Let's just give everybody every episode. So Stargate Pioneer, buddy, sorry. If you're using an old device like a, uh nano pod or whatever those things were called, iPad nano or an iPod. Uh, and those are set to download everything this person has. And all of a sudden I give you a whole bunch more. It's going to download them all. Yeah. So enjoy those great podcasts from 2007. So, and I have heard reports of somebody saying, Dave, I'm using overcast. It's not an iPod and I'm getting some of that stuff. So that is part of me. Trying to figure out, and all I can say, and this is not a Libsyn thing for the record, this is not a Libsyn problem. This is a Dave 2006 poorly organized problem. And I'm not going to go into the details because it's very visual, but it's just the school of podcasting's back end on Libsyn is a little bit of a mess because I haven't always used the Libsyn feed for a while. I was using PowerPress. Nothing wrong with using PowerPress, by the way, but I don't have the information there that makes it easy when I'm trying to put in my episode numbers. So if you're on Libsyn, ask Rob for the the secret handshake and the secret link. And if you have a normal show with no weird non-public things, it's a piece of cake. It really is a piece of cake. Okay, Dave, I'm not on Libsyn. I'm using PowerPress. This, uh, if you go into WordPress, go into posts, and you'll have a list of all your episodes there. And what you want to do, this is a way you can speed this up because you have to do it one at a time. To the best of my knowledge, I've got an email over to the gentlemen and ladies at Blueberry to say, is there any way to do this in bulk? And I don't think there is, at least not yet. And that is you just go into an episode and PowerPress, uh, along with Libsyn, along with Podbean, they all updated. They were ready for this uh, episode number and season number pretty much the, the minute it came out. And so if you're not using seasons, you just ignore that. But you'll see a thing in there where it says iTunes episode and you just put in, okay, this is episode number six. And then click on uh, in PowerPress, I think you click on save. And that will then update that. And you just, what I recommend is instead of clicking on edit, which will replace your list of episodes with the one episode you're editing, right-click on the edit button. So you, again, let's let's go back from the beginning. I go into WordPress, I click on posts. There's a list of all my posts. Right-click on edit and choose to open in a new tab. So now you've got the original tab with all of your posts. And then you've got one tab with that one episode that you need to edit. And that way, when you put in the episode number, click on save, you can close that tab and you're right back where you were. It'll save you a little bit of a headache that way. And where do you start? I would say start with your latest episode and just work backwards because your older episodes are not going to get as much traffic. Now, do you have to do this stuff? If we go back to the original part of this episode, do I need a website? Well, technically. No, but do I need to put these iTunes stuff in there? Uh, Do I need to put these Apple episodes? Well, technically no, but we tend to believe that Apple put them there for a reason and they might be used in the future and no time like the present to go back and update your stuff. It's not a lot of fun, especially when you have 600 episodes, but thank you for that question. Now, I was going to talk today, about the PreSonus Studio Live AR12 USB mixer. This thing is the cat's meow. For me, it's got sliders instead of knobs. It's got mute buttons. It's got an on-off button switch. It's got inserts. It's got two auxiliary sends plus effects. And and this is the one that really got me. It's got a built-in recorder right there in the mixer. And I was like, oh, that's it. We are buying this bad boy. And it's much smaller than the mixer I had before. And I do a live show on Saturday morning called Ask the Podcast Coach. If you ever have podcast questions and you don't feel like paying for consulting, come on over, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And uh, I was using it. I had a phone line tied in. I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff and uh, got done with it. And I'm using it right now. And here's what's really cool. If I wanted to, I could have an iPad plugged into this thing. I could have my, if I had a co-host on Skype, I could have them in another channel and I could have everybody on its own individual channel. Ooh, all the techies are like, Ooh, you have my attention. It's really cool. And when I record directly into my computer, not a problem there's a little bit of a problem, and this is a general pet peeve I have about USB mixers. I'm not quite loud enough. I would like to add another, like, if you could just put up your fingers, like, that much more volume into the software. But it's doable. And then, so I could do that, but I, again, I like to record to a an external, usually an external recorder, Into an SD card. I don't like to rely on a computer. Just in my travels, about every mm, 200 episodes, 300 episodes, it eats one. So I like to have two, and I thought this would be great. I'll have the SD card. That'll be my main one. And then I will have my computer if I want to as a backup. Awesome. Except one thing. When I record on the SD card, it has a high-pitched, ever, ever, ever so faint noise. And I, when you go to troubleshoot, first thing I did, tried a new cord. Nope, tried a different mic. Nope, Uh, muted all the channels except the microphone. Nope, unplugged the microphone. So I was basically recording nothing. Nope, still there. Okay, fine, unplugged it from the computer. No USB connection, nothing plugged into it. Hit record, still there. So I have an email into the lovely people at Personas saying, um, what's the deal with this and how do we go about repairing this? So if you heard me talk about this on Ask the Podcast Coach and the fact that I had bought this, slow your roll just a second. It's a very, it's it's such a podcast problem. I mean, you have to be in a quiet room, smashing your headphones into your head to hear it. But nonetheless, Because it's a high-pitched whine, it's one of those things that you don't know that you're hearing it until it stops. And you go, oh, wait, what was that weird thing in the background? So I will be reporting on this in the future. And speaking of the future, if you haven't got your tickets yet, you're gonna miss a really cool event. In fact, I just bought some special clothes. I did, I'm telling you. To go to PodFest. If you go to podfest.us, this is another podcast event in Orlando, Florida happening February 8th, which happens to be my birthday, February 8th through the 10th in Orlando, Florida. I will be speaking there a little bit about Alexa, couple things I'm speaking on there. And uh, the last night, yeah, we're kicking it off. They're going to roast me. How fun is that going to be? And if that's not enough, but wait, there's more. Also in February, I'll be going to Social Media Marketing World. This is February 28th through the March 2nd in San Diego, California. This is a huge event that is not just about podcasting. It's about social media. So we're talking Facebook, Twitter, uh, the other thing, Face face Match, Book Lot, Insta... Book face the gram, whatever, it's all there. And the first night they have an opening party on an aircraft carrier that I'm looking for. I'm looking for just the sunshine, which of course I can also get in Florida. So uh podfest is at podfest.us. And if you go out to school of podcasting.com, I've got a link right there on the front page to social media marketing world. And uh, I look forward to meeting everyone there. And another way that you can meet me is by joining the School of Podcasting. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code listener, you can sign up and join me there. And you're like, Dave, you know, I just have a couple questions. Can I pick your brain? I call that consulting. And I would love to have you pick my brain. Just go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash schedule. And you can schedule 15 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour. So if you don't want to join the school podcasting, you just need some tweaking to your podcast. I can definitely help you that way as well. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week with another episode. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.